Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being, and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. Welcome to the 113th episode of the award-winning Diverse Minds Podcast. And as we draw towards the end of Black History Month and towards winter, on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about ensuring a Black History Month BHM 365 approach. Many of my friends talk about the fact that BHM is the hypervisibility of Black people, history and cultures for 31 days and then it all disappears. Black History Month 365 is about conscious shift to truly understand Black contributions, excellence and legacies in society today. By placing anti-racism and specifically anti-blackness at the core of what we do inside and outside of the workplace, it's about moving from simply listening and having a nice time at events to constant and consistent actions to change the status quo. So why should you care about this? Well, if you really want to educate yourself, create a positive workplace and not be tokenistic, a BHM 365 approach is essential. And all too often, it's a case of panic, panic, panic. Let's do something without truly thinking about planning, impact and legacy. So if you want to change the usual way of doing things and set yourself ahead of the pack, you don't want to appear tokenistic. But I also do appreciate things may not be in your power or control. There may be other budget holders, people that have control over how you do your work and a say and what flavor of the month is. So this really is an appeal to those people who have that power and control, managers, senior leaders to take this seriously. So it's not simply a flash in the pan. So the things I've seen, sometimes people do fantastic Black History Month events one year and then it's forgotten about the next year. Or I see late planning and then people can't get a speaker, unsurprisingly, because people are booked up months in advance. Doing one big glossy event that doesn't result in any change, but it looks lovely and people have a great time. Keeping key people and those that really should have input away from this glossy event. Not asking Black staff what they want and how they want to shape events. Or asking Black staff and members and people to speak for free and divulge personal stories they may not want to share publicly. And focusing simply on events and not systemic change as a whole, or how to use the events as catalysts to help that systemic change. I really hope you're enjoying the content of this podcast and want to keep up to date. If you are, then why not join my bi-monthly newsletter? When you join the mailing list, you'll receive a free copy of my ebook, The Mentally Healthy Leading Manager. The link is in the show notes. So why not check it out and have a look? Okay, so I've just outlined some of the frustrations about not having a Black History Month 365 approach. So what can you do to solve this problem? And why am I talking about it as someone who is South Asian? Well, Black History Month is vital and one month, much like South Asian History Month, is not enough to recognize the ongoing inequalities, inequity, history and truths. And this, of course, applies to all awareness months and days. But what about ethnicity pay gaps? Talking about harassment, how black people and people of global majority staff are much more likely to experience harassment in the workplace, flexible working and bullying issues. If you have these lovely glossy events, but you aren't addressing these core issues that determine how people feel at work and also whether they stay in your reputation, then really the month is kind of irrelevant if you're not going to change things. 
The second thing is how are you really supporting your staff network if you have one? And I know not all organizations do. But when I say support, I mean giving them a budget. How are you supporting them emotionally? Because this is emotional labor and also strategically. So it's not a group of people from particular backgrounds trying desperately to fight their own cause. And if you want to, as an organization, be living and breathing allyship, this is super, super important. And also, how are you considering these perspectives into how you plan policies and new initiatives? Once again, there is no point in having lovely, glossy events if people's perspectives, and this includes all perspectives, so we're talking about Black History Month here, but could be disabled Black staff, LGBTQIA Black staff, um, all the different communities and intersections into things that you're doing. Again, it goes back to how do the events and the months kickstart an ongoing process of betterment? Another example is when there is an education piece or emails that go out around education on language, using words that are offensive in these particular communications as examples. And I would say you really don't need to do this. So there's old fashioned language and there's hate speech. We really don't need to give examples of this unless there's a particular article you want to signpost people to that from that particular community that might highlight specific terms. But using things, using examples or putting language in there that may be offensive just because you're saying, oh, well, we're using it in the point of education, ongoing education piece actually isn't super helpful. What you might like to say is how to challenge microaggressions, how to challenge language that is old fashioned, how to challenge race hate speech. You don't really need to use those words. And I say this because this is something that's come up and has really had a huge detrimental impact on global majority staff. So once again, it's about how do you be proactive and have a BHM 365 approach, but you don't need to rehash or regurgitate things that are going to cause offense and upset and trigger people. Also, stop making Black History Month and events about seniority only. It's about true collaboration with community stakeholders, with staff, with the third sector, with you know, charities that you might be working with. It is really about that wider approach. And because of that, it shouldn't be one senior person telling people what to do. It has to be a collaboration and it needs to happen throughout the year. So please don't leave that planning to the last minute for lots of reasons. Um, have a series of events, talks, discussions throughout the year. Something I know that works really well in organizations is having a book group and picking books, a mixture of stories, true life, autobiographies, non-fiction things about the workplace and taking time to discuss those in a useful way and those can be facilitated and will need to be facilitated professionally if you need ideas to help you do check out the blackhistorymonth.org.uk webpage because they have articles they also list events that have been happening and it will give you ideas for speakers and you can get them now and on that point do also make sure you have a budget because you don't want to ask people to speak for free this is their life this is their livelihoods and it's super important that you don't assume that and Black History Month is all of our histories, as I mentioned before. So this isn't just a nice to have little bolt on. This is integral to the historical story of the country and other countries, so wherever you might be listening to this. So don't overlook it. And yes, it's great to talk about American Black history, but we have a lot of British Black history here. So acknowledging and recognizing that. I also had a look for some examples that could be useful to you. 
And I have included the links in the show notes, but some really good examples are Islington Council, and they list how they're going to be having a Black History Month 365 approach with events and how they have a committee working on this throughout the year. Black History Month Wales, and they have listed how they're going to do this, particularly interacting with arts and different sectors. University of Greenwich, again, fantastic. They've crossed out month and they've put 365 on their webpage and they list a number of things that they're doing. Haringey Council, really interesting around culture, Black history, how it's integrated into all the areas the council works in. So community safety, social work, social care, and Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. And leading that work is Dr. Javeria Shah, who's phenomenal. And she, I know her, and I had a look at the, her, the page and she's really spearheading a Black History Month 365 approach against anti-racism and inclusive curriculum and learning. So those are just some examples. There'll probably be more out there, but I hope that those will be useful to you to give you a framework around this 365 approach. So remember to think about genuine actions versus tokenism. Tokenism isn't helpful. And again, it may be done with the right intention, but what is the impact? If you are just starting out on a Black History Month journey, then by all means say this is the first event and we're really excited about it and we hope to build on it year on year and consider how you might do that. And if you feel that you're on your own working in this area, who are your allies? Who are the people that can help you build this and create more of a 365 approach? Don't panic and rush, but plan. And I would say start your planning at the very latest in June because you have to get hold of people. You have to book them. You need to plan your budget. You need to double check and triple check and ensure that people understand what, what the timings and the dates are. And this sounds very, very basic, but I know that it's it's really, really crucial. Also consider your accessibility. So if someone's speaking, can you get a British Sign Language interpreter? What about captions if it's going to be an online event? Practice that, make sure. Some people also prefer to have a, um, a typist at an event because it helps with their adjustment and for them to access the event. So you need to think about all this in the biggest way possible. Consider these events alongside systemic change. So what are the changes that you want to make? If you want to finally look at data on the ethnicity pay gap, maybe you want a speaker who's done that in their organization, or you can have a panel around why it's important, why these systemic problems have gone on for so long, and someone talking about how they've managed to do it in their organization. This is not about a bolt-on, but an integral part of the day-to-day -day work towards being anti-racist and really meaning it. And remember, Black History Month is all of our histories. And I've included resources in the show notes for you. So one is the Teacherist, so if any teachers are listening, called Black History Month, really, and it talks about what you can do to integrate the approach. And episode nine, one of my first episodes, which was all about how to organize meaningful events for Black History Month, I talk about my own journey in organizations doing this and the links I mentioned that have a 365 approach. So I really hope that you've had a fantastic Black History Month, whether you've been able able to attend things in person or online or you've done your own reading and reflection but please remember it's not a flash in the pan and we are so lucky to have so much information at our fingertips through all sorts of media so really encourage yourself and encourage others to keep up this work so it isn't just black history cultures and recognition for 31 days but throughout the year and I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. So if you have, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast from, because it really helps. And I'll see you in the next episode where we're going to be talking about burnout for National Stress Awareness Week. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast, where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.